0: Yay for bonus episodes, Barbara! We're doing a bonus episode today for women on
1: top. All right. It's yep. been ten minutes since I've spoken to you last. <laughs> so much has changed. No, I'm
0: so much has changed. Our whole worlds have have completely done a one hundred and eighty. So, people, and I tried to find this. I f- tried to look online to upload a clip of of the song so that I could play it every time we go through as we go through this. But today we're talking about how to spot and engage and disengage from toxic people and specifically how to spot somebody, uh, how to avoid dating somebody who's toxic. I want to run through the signs that you and I have both learned, both just from firsthand experience and research and things like that. Right. Are you with me, Barbara?
1: I am with you.
0: So, I think you and I both just from past conversations we um and we have some toxic people in our in our backgrounds and our families yes yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, and uh, you know something that one of the reasons why I stay in New York and I don't go home to Boston is because toxicity like what it can do to you what it does to your body when you're around it like it it really does it sort of it it gets it it sort of soaks into your skin and into your system and it really can do a number on you
1: physically even yeah physically
0: yeah like when i go home my body is a wreck i am i am I'll never forget the time that I went home for Christmas. This was probably like 20 years ago. And I ended up having to go to the hospital because I had such, um, bad stomach acid from anxiety yeah, and from stress that, um, like my diaphragm had seized. Something had happened and I ended up having to go to the hospital and I was just I had I was vomiting and they had to give me a shot and my father I'll never forget my father sitting in the chair next to me just holding my hand and crying because he knew like he knew what it was he knew why I was feeling that way or why he knew why I was sick and that's the that's the kind of effect that being around toxicity has on me and uh, you know it, it took me a really really long time to be able to spot the signs of toxic behavior. But boy, oh boy, am I there now? (laughs) (laughs) Have I figured it out? (laughs) Practice makes perfect. It really does. You know, my sister, God bless her. I mean, my, my sister is, she has so many good qualities to her, but she is, she, like she, ticks all the boxes of what's a toxic personality, you know, which is someone who can, they just, they know your buttons and they push them. Mm -hmm. And then when you explode, they're like, see, Kristen, like, this is why you're so, you know, you're just so angry. No, you're an asshole. That's what it is. It's not that I'm angry. It's that you're an asshole. And they try to put it on you. And that's where things get really unhealthy because it really does start fucking with your head, right?
1: Well, yeah, it does. And actually, I was—I I sound so scholarly, but I was doing a little research before we started talking about this. And Psychology Today had an article about the eight things that the most toxic people in your life have in common, and one of them is that they make you defend yourself. And it's—it's mm-hmm. it's totally true. You—you you do spend a lot of time. I mean, I don't—that I hate to overuse the term gaslighting, but this feeling of these things are happening to me, right? You know, and you have to, to keep defending that. And that's definitely clearly a sign of somebody who's toxic is they make you defend yourself a lot.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, is that toxic people, they they, they are very in tune with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they they know, they know exactly how to get you to react or respond. You know, my sister has this habit. <clears throat> when she's telling a story and it's just, it just goes on forever
1: mm-hmm.
0: forever. And I realized that it, it's, she's doing it to keep you engaged. It's about keep staying focused on her. Oh. And you know, something that one thing that I will always know, like one sure sign that somebody's incredibly toxic is when you're having a conversation and you're talking about something in your life, and they <laughs> they turn it around and make it about them.
1: Yes. Oh. Yeah. You know, like I was they can't a couple weeks away at all. What? They can't have the focus turned away from them at all.
0: Not at all. You know, a few weeks ago, I found out that American Express had taken, somehow, had um, cashed a check for another. American Express customer, they had cashed their, their check on my account. And for so they must've taken like a check over the phone and maybe they transposed a number or something, but the money came out of my account. So I'm telling my sister this and she's like, oh, you know, yeah, that's really, you know, that's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know what? This this reminds me. I still haven't gotten my check from from you know working last week, and then I called so and so, and then she said, and then I said, and then she said, and then and it becomes this twenty minute um story about how she didn't get her fucking paycheck. Right. I don't care. <laughs> like, it's not that I don't care. I shouldn't say that, but it's like eyes back on me, bitch. We're talking about me <laughs> right now.
1: Well, it's not like they're. It's like they're not listening. They're just waiting for their turn to talk. Right, exactly, and you can always tell when somebody's
0: like that because they might be nodding and mm mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm, mm, mm-hmm, but it's almost like they stop breathing. <laughs> yeah, they're like mm mm mm. No, no, that's like the time I and then forget it because now the conversation is completely about them. Yes, and you know, like you have to. I've found that with my sister, I have to go. Oh, wait a minute, hold on. Can can we talk about that in a second? I just want to finish this thought. You know, it, because the reality is, is that there are some toxic people and I'm all for cutting toxic people out of your life, even if they're your family, but like work, right? sometimes you have to engage toxic people and you, you have to learn not only how to control your reaction to them, mm-hmm. which is infuri- infuriating in and of itself because it's like, I shouldn't have to do this much work to have a 10 minute conversation with you. I shouldn't have to do this.
1: Right. But, but you have to pick your battles with these people for sure. Right.
0: Right. You know, you really have to, like, th- th- all the time, my sister will, she'll try to, she's like, you know, I never come home, but I'll, and I, and I don't like to talk about it. And I don't like when my sister's asked me about it, but boy, oh boy. <laughs> my sister will say, well, I mean, I already know what you're going to say. And I'm like, then don't say it. Right. See, Kristen, you know, and, you know, I haven't seen you, and D-d-d-d. I'm like, Pam, I only... Oh, there we go. Well, there's her name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the big on women on top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Breaking
0: the fourth wall. You know, I only live in New York. It's not like I live in fucking L.A. Take a train, take a bus, do whatever, if you really wanted to see me. And then when you shoot Logic back to them... Mm-hmm. it's like, th- watch their heads explode.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. You know what I mean? But like, that's another hallmark of something else in this article that I read, which I, this article was really narrowed it down what these people are like. And, and it was really good reading. I'll send you the link so we can put it up um, on the the blog. But one of the things that they, they talked about in toxic people is they make you prove yourself to them. Mm-hmm. And that is totally another thing, like if you really loved her, you'd go visit her. You know what I mean? Like it's a, I I have told Alex, my husband a thousand times at the older I get, the less likely I am to be able to be held emotionally hostage anymore. You know, prove you love me, prove you love me, prove you love me. It It's so exhausting. And I used to do it in my twenties. I even did it in my thirties, but in my forties, I kind of just started saying, you know, you'll either believe me or you won't but I'm not going to continually try to prove myself to toxic people. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And this is, my sister will always say, she always tries to get me to watch TV shows that she watches. And she's been trying to get me to watch Veep for four years and I have no fucking interest in that show. And when I say that this whole little thing about Veep has been going on for years, it's been going on for years you know, one of these days you're going to watch this show and, you know, I bet you're going to like it. And cause you know, we, we typically like the same thing and it's always about trying to put you on their level and make you feel like, see, you're just like me. Right. So you're, you know, you can't come down on me because you're just like me. Yeah. You know, that's a kind of, that's a totally passive aggressive way to try and, You know, (laughs) like drag you down and suck you into their drama.
1: No, I agree.
0: You know, I, yeah. (laughs) And it's hard because what if you can't cut these people out of your life? What do you do? Like, are there people in your life that are just toxic as fuck? And, but you have to deal with them like other parents maybe.
1: They don't know that they're toxic. (laughs) I mean? Yeah. because that's another hallmark of the, of this type of behavior is they believe their own narrative right yep. so they definitely don't know and and I was reading on up about that too about different things you can do to try to deal with toxic people and you know one of the things that just keeps coming up again and again and again is is about boundaries mm-hmm.
0: it's about- and and they don't re- and they don't respect boundaries that's the no. that's the so thing you have to be what?
1: Ultra firm in your boundaries because they will tread all over them.
0: Oh, yeah. You have to be hyper vigilant when you're talking with them. Yeah. You know, like I just said about the whole, you know, I don't, don't, don't ask me about coming home because you know I'm not going to do it. And she just does it and does it and does it and does it. And all my sisters do this and it annoys the shit out of me. And, you know, it's, it, 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 they, they really don't see. They're like, uh, you know, when you try to point it out to them, it's like, do you not see how you, how you completely blow past this sort of line in the sand that I put down? And it's like, you don't care. Right. You know, you don't think it's relevant or you don't think it's, it's valid. Yeah. Because it's not yours. And really everything, everything, it, it just all comes back to them.
1: Yeah. No,
0: You know, everything. They're always late. Yep. You know, everything is just you know they have no concept of other people
1: no they don't they're, they're always late they're very they, judgmental they they don't take any responsibility for their own feelings you know they're always put upon by somebody else it's yeah
0: yeah the the whole like you know not taking responsibility for feelings you know it's like well when you do this it you know it makes me feel it's like look i I, I don't make you feel that way. you you choose to feel that way because I'm not doing this like I'm not I'm not doing anything to hurt you. If you choose to be offended by something very innocent that I said, that's about you. right. You know and th- there really is and, and what it comes down to is these people lack they are not self-actualized mm-hmm. which means they really don't have the capacity for empathy, or the ability to pull themselves outside of a situation and be objective.
1: Right. And again, they believe their own narrative so strongly. You know, they're the hero in their own story, which is fine, except the story is usually rewritten history that's very difficult to follow and very difficult to participate in because it is so self. For people who aren't self-actualized, they're so self-focused. Right. That- it's impossible to deal with them. It's, it's very difficult. And that's one of the reasons why when you are dealing with these people, if you have to, a coworker or a family member or somebody else in your life, that those boundaries are so important. And also it's very important not to get sucked in to the irrationalities.
0: Yeah. And it really does, like the, the not getting sucked in is, it's like, how what do you do? how What do you do to not get sucked in?
1: Well, I stand outside it a lot. And, you know, one of the people ask me, and again, this is, you know, probably it's personal to me, but people ask me, well, why did you end, you know, contact with your father? And, you know, after a very difficult childhood, I elected to do that when I was 33. And the reason it took me so long was because I thought so much of what was happening between us, I owned. When in fact, all of a sudden it clicked to me at this you know, age of 33 when a bunch of different things were going on in our lives and I was sucked into the narrative again of prove you love me, prove you love me. It just came to be that I finally realized, oh, I can't, I, there I is honestly nothing I could do right now that would change what you're saying to me. Yeah. There's nothing I could say that would be good enough. There's nothing I could do that would be good enough. And I'm, it just clicked to me in that moment. I don't own this. You do. Right. And then I've tried to be, you know, I'm a very empathetic person. I'm a a person who, you know, loves to hear other people's stories and sometimes hears them whether she wants to or not. And, you know, all of that. But at the same time, I've become a little more objective with standing outside a conversation and going, what of this do I own? You know what I mean, and and that's helped me frame things a little bit better. But the boundary thing just keeps coming back to the boundary thing. You know, I will let you do this to me. I will not let you do this to me.
0: Yeah, and
1: you know, I I, I don't think
0: I I can't cut this particular sister out of my life because I know my father would want. He wants all of us. He would have wanted all of us to look out for each other, and that's just not going to happen. But I know. He would have wanted us to look out for her just because she's sort of always had, you know, she's just she's that family member that we all have, and 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 I'm not much better. I won't. I won't. I won't. You know. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm a little bit better in certain areas, but like I'm not perfect. But my father would have wanted us to look out for her, so I can't. I do feel that sense of obligation to my dad, um, but I definitely have to. There are times when she launches into one of her stories, like no lie, I take the phone and I just put it down and I go and do stuff because she just goes and 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 goes. And uh, then I come back and I'm like, yep, put it down again, go do whatever I'm going to do because it will so annoy me that she is dominating this conversation. Right. That if I stay in it, I will get upset. And that is how I, that is how I deal with it. You know, and she doesn't know that I do it. I mean, unless she listens and I can tell you right now, they none of my family just doesn't read anything I write or they won't listen to this. So, uh, and I've said this to her face. Um, you know, it's better than losing it <laughs> and exploding and having a fight. So if she doesn't need to know. I do my own thing. I just tune I, I tune around and sometimes I'll just stay on the phone, but I'll be on the internet or I'll be replying to an email. And, uh, you know, I give the, the occasional, mm-hmm, you know, sign of affirmation yep. to land with little thing. I'm listening and I'm not listening, but then at the end, she'll always go, no, do you think that that was right? And I'll go, um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. <laughs> well,
1: no, but I, what I've learned is the incredible power of, Okay.
0: Yeah. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, That too.
1: Because I have people in my life who, you know, they see something a certain way and you could tell them the sky is blue and they would tell you it's green and they would fight you to the death. And I've learned it's again about that picking battles thing, right? Like, is it really important for me to prove the truth? Right. Or is it more important in this moment to go, Oh, okay.
0: And just save your sanity. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And it really is about like coaching yourself through it. You know, okay. Okay. And you can see where they're going. You can see where they're going and you can actually hear me in the, my voice, how I'm getting about this. You can see where they're going and you know, it's coming and you're like, okay, you know, like she'll start, like they'll start in with little comments. Hmm. No. Yep. And then
1: then comes the grenade. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And the other thing I saw in this article that was really impressive to me that like it made an impression on me is they talked about how toxic people focus on problems instead of on solutions. Right. They just want to keep talking about the problem over and over and over again instead of trying to fix it. And I don't know if that, but that I had a supervisor once who he was freaking out about something. And I literally just kept repeating to him like I would talk to my toddlers at the time. Okay. What do you want to do about that? And I must have said that five or six times before yeah. he finally answered me. But you, I, I thought that was pretty insightful from this article that I read that, that that is true. They tend to want to talk about problems and not focus on solutions of any kind. Yeah.
0: My sister does it all the time. She focuses on these issues she has with the people that she works with. And that's something, too, is, you know, if you pay attention, um, they always have issues with other people. Yeah and it's never but if they and and they don't they don't think it's telling that they continuously have issues with other people and I have to point this out to my sister I'm like you you constantly have problems with the people you report to at work and it's almost always a woman you constantly have problems with female superiors you know what is that about right and I always get the you know I just need you to listen to me and not give advice and What I always say is you bitch about the same thing over and over and over again. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm trying to help you solve the problem.
1: (laughs) Right. But they're not interested in solutions generally because if a solution was made, it would take the drama away.
0: Right. Right. And they need that drama, and they need, and that's why they can. That's why they talk and talk and talk and talk. That's why they dominate the conversation. That's why they tell the stories the way they do with no like, with no ending in sight. It really is about how do I suck as much air out of the room as possible, and how do I make it about me for as long as possible? Yep. You know, and we all have that friend. We all have that friend that like constantly has a drama in their life, and they're drawn to it. You know, they're
1: drawn. They, to they the have it. Dra- they have. A- pathological
0: need for it. Yeah, they do. They do have a pathological need for it. And uh you know th- this is a good way to segue into the next topic is I was um I was watching an episode of Sex and the City and it was uh co- it was an episode from season 5 called Is That All There Is? Mm-hmm. And it was about um, Carrie's friend who was a gay man, was engaged to a woman. And they were having this big Hamptons wedding. And the whole episode, Carrie's just like, I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it. You know, what could they possibly have in common? And what, She must know he's gay, and da 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 And she's talking about this in front of her um, gay male friend and his boyfriend. And she's just like, I mean, she must... Like, why does she go on about how great the sex is? And she must know he's gay. And da, da, da. I just don't get it. And the the boyfriend, the gay male's, the gay friend's boyfriend says, maybe he makes her laugh. And you would think that like, like Carrie's face is kind of like, huh, that's a, that's an interesting concept because Carrie, she's like, oh, I need the Zaza Zoo, the, the, you know, that, that gotta have them feeling and that is something that I've always, that I always prioritize of like, yeah, I need that intense attraction sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But what I realized was that that intense attraction, that headiness that we get when we're like, when we meet somebody new or, you know, when we're attracted to somebody, that's actually kind of toxic.
1: <laughs> yeah. You it know, makes you know things you need to look at. That's for sure.
0: Right. And the thing that people, you know, people love to bring up the Zaza Zoo episode and no, but this is like what Carrie said, you know, I want that. I want the butterflies and I want this and I want that and like butterflies and that excitement. And that's all. That's all like when you get butterflies, it's because you're nervous. Yeah. You know, if you're with someone that, you know, likes you and you like them, like there's nothing to be nervous about. You know, you won't, you don't feel, you don't feel, you don't feel nervous when you feel confident with somebody and you don't feel nervous when you feel comfortable with somebody. And what people seem to forget about Carrie is that Carrie was addicted to drama, which was why she needed that constant, you know, that constant intoxication, that constant feeling of, of, uh, of, you know, just being sort of completely consumed with somebody. You know, that's why she needed that intense, you know, in- attraction or or bond with somebody is because she needed that drama.
1: She and, did. And she was very she's toxic in that show. She's super <laughs> toxic. I mean I watched the whole series and I, I enjoyed it, but she is super toxic. And like you're saying, she needed that You know, that's another thing of prove you love me, prove you love me. She always wanted big to choose her over someone else. Right. You You know, know, she, yeah. And then when
0: she finally got a guy that was like, I love you. I want to be with you. I want to live with you. I like, here I am. She completely freaked out and she questioned it. And, you know, and this was something I remember when I first started dating Don, uh, that I said to Sarah, my friend, Sarah i said there's just no tension like i don't know like why aren't i feeling what i what i think i'm supposed to be feeling and she said do you think maybe you know you don't feel that because he's available (laughs) oh all right well Well, look at you being all sassy (laughs) you know and it was true it was oh that like tension that i feel on that (gasps) it's because someone's unavailable and and there's this sense of, I can't have him. And, you know, we talked about this last week, you know, and that it's all that like making me work for it and, and the, and the unknown and the insecurity and all of that, like, that's what the Zaza Zoo is (laughs) for the most part.
1: It is true. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I think when you've spent, you know, especially a childhood that you were always prepared for a fight. Mm -hmm. It's very, things that come easy are almost scary. Because it's like, I've always had to fight for everything my whole life. And you're just going to give me this? What's what's wrong with it? What's the strings attached to this? You know what I mean? It's very hard to trust those situations.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. Uh, You know, And I said that, you know, I said everything with him is so easy. And I said, I don't trust easy because I've been groomed to believe it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. And that's, this isn't to say that relationships aren't hard. Of course they're hard and difficult and they're going to be, there's going to be some really difficult times. But in the beginning, you know, when, when there isn't much invested, it shouldn't be that hard. (laughs) It should be easy in the beginning when there isn't a lot invested. You know, uh, and and it's not to say, okay, you know, that you don't want to be excited over someone. Of course you do. Right. You know, there's nothing. Right. But, and attracted to them. But this idea of butterflies, you know, really, really understand what butterflies is. It's a feeling of nervousness. It's not a feeling of confidence or comfort. You know, well, if you they want never
1: tell in the movie what happens after they overcome all the obstacles to be together. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They've only shown us in these movies and TV shows these star-crossed lovers who have to overcome heaven and hell hell to be together, and you know they don't show us what happens to these people after. And I think often when you start with that level of drama, the relationship fizzles out.
0: Right, and and keep in mind that for some people, like you know, granted she's fictional, but. Uh, for some people, like, that drama relationship, that unavailable guy, like, that works for them. Yeah. You know, that that works for them, and that's fine. Um, I don't think Carrie or, or people like Carrie know what healthy looks like. Right. I know. I, like, I'm still coming to terms with what healthy looks like. Yeah. I'm still working my way through it. And I and forgive me if I'm sounding like one of those people that like date somebody for a month and then they're sitting on their perch saying, well, because I used to see women do that all the time where they they get engaged or they're dating somebody for two months and now they're like, and here, let me tell you how I got them. This is how I wrote my dating profile. And then a month later, they would have, you know, they're broken up. So forgive me if I sound super douchey. Um, I, I don't mean to. <laughs> I guess yeah. I, I'm getting a little excited about this. About this guy, um, but the what? Where was I going with that? Where was I going with that? I don't know where I was going with that. We we'll, we can come back to it. One thing I, I do want to do now is I've I came up with a list of things that. Oh, I know what I was saying. Okay, so there are some people for whom like they 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 don't know healthy. Like, I, and I do think if you've experienced trauma, you don't know healthy. I agree you know, you do have to relearn it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it really is about coming to, like, being able to identify, like, is what I'm doing, you know, do you have people, you're kind of like that girl in the video that I sent you last week, the one who was talking to the horses.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you have anybody in your life that is saying, girl, no, let's take a step back, you know, so. It's really important to surround yourself, I think, with healthy people. I agree. If you want to learn healthy relationships. Okay. So let's go through some of these signs. And these are signs that you can spot before you even go out with somebody. Because the goal really is to avoid toxic people because toxic toxic people can do a number on you.
1: Yes. Agreed.
0: Um, so these are things that, you know, you can look for in email exchanges or even on the first date, like you want to, okay, first date, fine. You don't want to get too involved with somebody who exhibits this, this type of behavior. And the first one is they put the onus on you for things. Yes. Like let's say you set up a date and the day of the date comes and you're sitting there and you're waiting for somebody to, waiting for them to confirm and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And then say like two hours before you're supposed to meet, you'd send them a text and you're like, Hey, I just want to make sure and like, Hey, I just want to see if we're still meeting up. And they go, Oh, you know, when I didn't hear from you, I made other plans. I figured that when you didn't text me, mm. I figured, you know, you didn't want to go out and they're putting it on you, even though they could have done it too. Right. Like that right there, like is a big red flag. <laughs> Cause they're right. trying to make you feel bad when in reality they were probably blowing you off.
1: Makes sense.
0: You know, and they don't want to own it. And so now they want to make you feel bad. And this is the way that they're going to just shift the blame back onto you. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is they don't give you an apology. They give you an Apollo me. Get it. I came oh, well up wow. on that one. Are you proud of me? <laughs> I'm
1: very proud of you. i um, remember that.
0: Example is they fuck up and you call them on it and then they quote unquote apologize by saying they're sorry they did X, Y, Z, but they only did it because of something you did.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, yeah.
0: Been there. Right? Like, well, I, you know, I only yeah. went out with my friends because you were a total bitch to me the other night and I was really upset. Right. Right. You know, or I only blew you off because, or I only didn't respond, you know, didn't um, reply to your your message or call you back because, you know, you said only do, the, you know, only call you back when I had time. You know, when I was like, and I was outside or whatever. They always put it back on you. Yeah. And you know the difference than when someone's being, because sometimes they're like, well, wait a minute, No you said you weren't feeling well and that you were going to bed and I didn't want to disturb you. That's different. Right. That's someone, okay. I'm being sort of consider your feelings and you know, when someone's being sincere and genuine, you know, someone who barely knows you, who's like putting all this stuff on you, they're just being a dick.
1: Well, they're offering up excuses instead of reasons. Right. Somebody offering you a reason why they behaved a certain way they behaved is fine somebody offering a lame excuse for why they behaved the way they behaved is totally different.
0: Right. Uh, the next one is they, they quote unquote tease you. And I don't like teasing from somebody. Um, Oh no, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep doing this. Um, but like someone you don't know when they say things like, I was going to tell you, but I didn't want you to flip out on me. Like, what is that supposed to mean? (laughs) Oh, I'm just—you know—I'm only kidding. I hate that. Well, oh no, I was just busting your balls. No, you were trying to upset me, and now you have. <laughs> and now you're—now def- you're
1: denying that you were trying to upset me. I
0: can't. If, Go
1: ahead. my husband always jokes about punchable. We heard on a—I don't remember if it was the Daily Show or what—but something about people who are on the cover of Punchable Face magazine. And <laughs> Alex's favorite thing to say is. The biggest dude who belongs on the cover of Punchable Face magazine is the person who goes, can't you take a joke?
0: Yeah. Like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? I was only kidding.
1: Like, right, Do you right, see my right. face?
0: Do you see like how upset I look? That's not how you respond. You go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Right. I I, I, I thought you would know I was kidding. I'm so sorry. I You know what? Exactly. I, I, I totally misread that. I'm sorry. Right. But like- if you're genuinely upset about something and someone can't, doesn't have the fucking character to say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I I thought we were kind of there that I could make a comment like that. I'm so sorry. If someone doesn't acknowledge that they hurt you, it doesn't matter how long they've known you. If they can't acknowledge, like whether or not they feel your hurt is justified is irrelevant. If you're hurt and they see it, then... And they don't go, oh my god, I'm I'm really sorry. I I did not mean to say anything to right. to upset you. If they can't apologize, they're a shitty person and they're toxic.
1: Yeah, really toxic people can't read a room, and if they can, they don't want to.
0: Right. Um let's see. I remember I was out on a date once. The like toxic people will pass comments and then refuse to expand on them. You know, they'll just sort of throw that bomb out there and you're like what you know I was on a date once and the guy said you look different than your pictures and I said oh you know how so oh no I mean you know just different and it's like well, you're obviously saying something yeah. what are you saying <laughs> and he what he wanted is for me to come to it like for me to get to the point I don't know maybe I look different maybe I looked heavier I don't know but it kind of feels like he was saying, "You don't look as attractive in real life as you do as your pictures."
1: Mm.
0: You know, it's just ugh, yeah, not good.
1: No, Here's not a good big one.
0: Here's a big one. They interrupt you, like when you're talking, and they constantly. We were just talking about this, where they're sitting there and they're waiting for their moment to break into a, a story about themselves. Yep. You know, they cannot, they're constantly stepping over what you say. You don't get a sentence out. You know, they're constantly talking over you. They're interrupting you. And there's a difference because sometimes people are just nervous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, when that happens, and I've had this happen to me on dates where guys will be like, bah, 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 and they'll talk over me and then I'll stop and I'll just kind of smile and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm talking, I keep interrupting you. I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, it's okay. You know, and. They acknowledge, like, okay, you know, because you kind of go because you're 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 not being like, dude, you're constantly interrupting me. But you know, when you stop, and they kind of realize, like, oh fuck, I'm so sorry. But if they just blow right past that and just keep going, that's a toxic person. Again, it's a sign of someone who only thinks of themselves. Um, they cannot admit when they're wrong. Oh, and I hate
1: this. So do I.
0: And I'm talking about when you can prove that they're wrong. Like, here, you said this in this email. You said this. And, the, and they can't admit, like, oh, yep, you know what? You're right. I said that. I'm sorry. That's my fault. That's where the confusion came from. And right. It's like, I'm proving to you that you're wrong. and And they just kind of blow past it. You know, and I've done this, I've done this with, you know, customers who, you know, they'll show up to an event, but an event was canceled because of the snow. And, you know, I'll have to say, well, this is the phone number you typed in, and we sent a text to this phone number, but it turns out the phone number's wrong. And, you know, they were like, and you should have done this, and you didn't even tell me. And then I show them the text, and I give them the screen cap, and I say, you know, you typed in the wrong phone number. <laughs> Do you think? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. They don't admit, Oh, that was my fault. I'm sorry. And that's toxic. Like, because that's someone you don't want to, cause you're going to argue when you date somebody, you're going to argue, you're going to have disagreements and someone who can't admit when they're wrong, that's going to be a very difficult relationship.
1: And that to me is an especially bad trigger as somebody who, I mean, I, I know this is a, a thing of mine that I need to work on, but As somebody who is constantly feeling like, who spent their childhood feeling like they had no grasp of truth, you know what I mean? Like there was so much rewritten history and so much gaslighting going on and everything like that, that I've become kind of a clinger to truth. And when when I can, like you said, when you have concrete evidence that you're correct Mm -hmm. and they're wrong and they can't admit it, it just triggers that deep thing in me as a kid that always went, this is happening, right? Right. Like other people can see this, or does anybody realize this is happening? Yeah. So it's especially a difficult trigger for me. Yeah,
0: because they they do it, it. It they, and I don't even know if they're aware of what they're doing when they try to make you question your sanity and and your memory. I can, you know, I'll never forget getting an email from a guy, and he said something like, "You know, I realize we never fought." I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? We fought all the time. (laughs) Like, I have the proof. I have the emails. like, and then I realized, oh, oh, he's like, he's, he's trying to convince me of something that isn't real. (laughs) Right. You know, oh, we never fought because we were never really invested enough to, to, to be up to, to get angry about anything. I'm like, are you for fucking real? (laughs) We fought all the time because you were a douche. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Like that's just me. Uh, oh, and I brought this up earlier in uh, an earlier episode—the one we did earlier today. They disengage from email and text conversation out of the blue. Boy, oh, boy, do I hate that. Yeah. You know they're like super, super attentive. Like they're they're inconsistent with their attention. Some days they're <laughs> really what.
1: No, that's that's true.
0: They're very inconsistent with their attention. Some days they're all all up your ass, and then the next, you know, like you go two days and they haven't replied to that last email.
1: Yeah, and you
0: know, once or twice this happens. Like maybe they forgot. That happens. That's normal. But if it's something that they always do, and then you always have to follow up with them, like, hey, did you get that? Yeah. You know, or and this is oh, this is something my sister does. She'll send me a text and then she'll say, can you please reply to this and let me know that you got it? I fucking got it. (laughs) Like, you know, I got it, but she does it all the time. And it's because I want that extra step.
1: Yeah. I want that proof.
0: I want that proof. You constantly have to prove that, um, that you're interested, that you're into them. Um, you, that you, they need the constant validation. Um, and, and that's part of the reason why they disengage, you know, cause they want to, they want to chase me, make me feel wanted. Right. You know, and I, I just, that is such a huge trigger for me that when I see it, I immediately back off. Yeah. Can you think of anything else?
1: No, those are all really good, really good instances. I, I mean, the, the only other one I can think of is, is like people who try to cut you off from parts of yourself or things that you love or, you know, dismiss, dismiss things that you love as in a, it could be a jokey fashion, but it's got a cutting underside to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've, I've, I've been on seat. I went on a date once in college with somebody who I happened to mention some music that I liked and he immediately just, Oh, I don't listen to that. And again, it's not, a, it, that's not an engagement. Mm-hmm. That's somebody saying, oh, really? I, you know, I've, I've never heard that or, oh, I'm, I'm interested in hearing more about you or what you want to talk about or what you're interested in. You know, dismissive people like that who just cut off topics that you're interested in. That drives me absolutely insane.
0: There you go. Dismissive. That's great. When they're dismissive of your feelings, of your interests, of your schedule, of your time. Yep that dismissiveness, huge red flags that someone's going to be a very toxic partner. You know, when they don't go ahead,
1: they're going to want you to revolve around them.
0: They're going to want you to revolve around them. Yeah. And it's, there's just so many people, and there's so much of it out there. And that's, what's really frightening is that, you know, there really is just so much toxicity out there, especially when you're dating, especially on these dating sites and these apps because I think it really does tend to attract a high concentration of, um, not what I would consider like, not uh, not a lot of self actualized people. Not a lot of um, they're not. I don't know. The word isn't stable. It's something else. They're they're just not um in a, they're just they're very ambivalent and they've have their own issues and it just attracts a lot of people who would rather hide behind their phone than be out there right you know and i just think it's dangerous for a lot of people to you know for people who can't spot these red flags you know and and keep in mind that a red flag is just that it's just one red flag you really want to look for clusters of red flags this isn't to say that you shouldn't go out with anybody who exhibits one of these red flags. You should always do it. You know, give someone a chance, give yourself a chance, but keep your eyes open and look for clusters. Don't so much look for them, but, but just pay attention because if you see a number of this, these things, then, you know, I would, it's probably best to walk away and it's best to get out of it before you get invested.
1: Yeah. That's my,
0: my two cents. Barbara, once again, boy, oh, boy, what a great show.
1: (laughs) You're on point.
0: On point. Barbara, this was great. Um, I'm going to get these posted tonight. Guys, we're at womenontoppodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, womenontoppod. Follow us on Instagram, womenontoppodcast, blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. Would love to hear from you. If you want to leave a comment on the site, you can. Would love to hear from you. And uh, we will be back next week. Barbara, thank
1: you so much. Yes, good to talk to you. Bye. Bye.